SA have to be omitted. It's nice when your colleagues in philosophy departments appreciate what you're doing, but I also judge the success of my work by the impact my books, articles and talks have on the much broader audience of the people who are interested in thinking about how to live ethically. Articles in peer-reviewed journals are, according to one study, read in full by an average of just 10 people. An opinion piece for a major newspaper or a syndicated column may be read by tens of thousands or even millions, and as a result, some of them may change their minds on an important issue or even change the way they live. I know that happens because people have told me that my writing has changed what they donate to charity or led them to stop eating animal products or, in at least one case, to donate a kidney to a stranger. The essays in the opening section will shed some light on my approach to ethics, but it may be useful to say a little more here. Moral judgments are not purely subjective, in that they are different from judgments of taste. If they were merely subjective, we would not think it was worth arguing about ethical issues any more than we think that it is worth arguing about which ice cream flavour to choose. We recognise that tastes differ, and there is no right amount of garlic to put in a salad dressing. But we do think it is worth arguing about the legalisation of voluntary euthanasia, or whether it is wrong to eat meat. Nor is ethics just a matter of expressing our intuitive responses of repugnance or approval, even if these intuitions are widely shared. We may have innate yuck reactions that helped our ancestors to survive at a time when they were social mammals but not yet human and not capable of abstract reasoning. Those reactions will not always be a reliable guide to right and wrong in the much larger and more complex global community in which we live today. For that, we need to use our ability to reason. There was a time when I thought this kind of reasoning could only be unravelling the implications of a more basic ethical stance that is ultimately subjective. I no longer think this. There are, as Derek Parfitt has argued in his major work On What Matters, which I describe in the pages below in an essay entitled Does Anything Matter? Objective ethical truths that we can discover through careful reasoning and reflection. But for those who reject the idea of objective ethical truths, the essays that follow can be understood as attempts to work out the implications of accepting the ethical commitment espoused by many philosophers in different terms, but perhaps best put by the great 19th century utilitarian philosopher Henry Sidgwick. The good of any one individual is of no more importance from the point of view, if I may say so, of the universe, than the good of any other, unless, that is, there are special grounds for believing that more good is likely to be realised in the one case than in the other. Sidgwick was a utilitarian, and so am I. Once we start to question our evolved and culturally transmitted intuitive responses to moral issues, utilitarianism is, I believe, the most defensible ethical view, as I have argued at much greater length in The Point of View of the Universe, written jointly with Caterina de Lazari Redeck. Nevertheless, in the essays that follow, I do not presuppose utilitarianism. That is because on many of the issues I discuss, my conclusions follow from many non-utilitarian positions as well as from utilitarianism. Given the practical importance of these issues, as a good utilitarian, I ought to aim to write for the broadest possible audience and not merely for a narrow band of committed utilitarians. Some of the following essays address topics for which I am well known, the ethics of our relations with animals, questions of life and death, 
and the obligations of the affluent to those in extreme poverty. Others explore topics on which my views are likely to be less familiar, the ethics of selling kidneys or of growing genetically modified crops, the moral status of conscious robots, and whether incest between adult siblings is wrong. Happiness and how to promote it plays a key role in my ethical view, so that is the topic of one group of articles. Among the more personal essays is the book's closing reflection on surfing, which has added to my own happiness. Readers who know my work on some topics may be surprised by my views on other topics. I try to keep an open mind, to be responsive to the evidence and not simply to follow a predictable political line. And if you're not already persuaded that philosophers do have something to contribute to issues of broad general interest, I hope that this volume will convince you of that. Big Questions The Value of a Pale Blue Dot